Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. And this is my 750th show. It's finally here. I mean, um, I spoke back. I spoke about. Excuse me. I spoke about it back um, in show number 700 about how things were going to change after 750. And well, here we are. So you're probably asking, what's changing? What have you been, you know, doing a poor job, I guess, of keeping people in suspense about over the last 50 episodes? Well, here's what's going to happen. The Talk to Q radio show will no longer have weekly live shows on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Now, zone coverage will continue on Wednesday nights until after the Super Bowl. And February the 20th will be my last live show. Now, you're probably saying, okay, well, why that date? You know, it seems like an oddly specific date. Well, because February 20th will be the show's seventh anniversary. I started the show February 20th, 2011. And after that date, the Talk to Q radio show will go to podcast status. So after February the 20th, it'll go to podcast status. That means that, you know, select show legends and I will record shows every now and then. If a topic comes up that I wish to discuss, then I'll give them a call, set up a day and time to record the show, which will air at a later date. There will no longer be call-ins. So you won't be able to call in and listen Um, While the show records, you won't be able to call in and chime in. You'll have to just listen to the podcast. Now, if you want to be notified of these podcasts dropping and when they're going to happen, then sign up for my email newsletter and you'll be alerted of those shows when they air. So this show, 750, isn't quite a goodbye. It's more like a, well, let me get ready to go along with a slow stroll towards the door. Now, I've truly enjoyed being a part of all of your lives in some shape, form, or fashion over the years. 
whether it's from being a you being a caller, a chat room participant, tweet chatter, or Facebooker, I've enjoyed you. And I want to thank each and every one of you who supported me, even if it was only via a retweet or a like. So thank you. I do want to stress this, though. For those of you who have friends and associates who are doing their own thing, they may have their own business venture, blog, YouTube channel, or whatever, please support them. You know, too often we see people giving their undying support to celebrities who don't know or care about you in the least bit, you know, and you won't even retweet or like something that will help a friend gain exposure. Please don't get be that person, okay? Because I've seen a lot of shows come and go over the past six years and change, and a lot of good shows that could have made it if, you know, just 10% of their 2,000 Facebook friends or whatever supported them. So please try to support your friends and their ventures. Now, on tonight's show, we'll discuss a few topics, but we'll also flash back a few years to rehash some topics from back in the day. This show may run a little longer than usual, but that's okay. We you know, may have a blast from the past from previous callers who may call in, and that's cool, too, if that happens. It'll be great from here to hear from some of them. So just sit back and be entertained. I truly hope that you all enjoyed tonight's show. 750. Now, for those of you who may not know a lot about the show, um, just kind of sit back, and I'm not going to do any show maintenance tonight. You'll just kind of have to sit back and figure it out. For some of you, this may be the first time you've heard the show. All right, and you're wondering what it's about. Well, you can check it out, and if you like it, then go back, and you got 749 other episodes to listen to and make the most out of. But first, let me go to the phone lines, and I will start here. Go see the doctor. To the 910 area code, the Charfield State of North Carolina, to welcome on the man that plays the doctor on the radio, Dr. Bobby Willis. What's going on, man? What's up, Q? How's it going, man? It's going pretty well. How you making it? Ah uh, man, you know I had to be a part of this last show, so you know I'm, I'm making it fine. I'm I'm good. Okay, okay, I appreciate it. It's not quite the last show, but um, I got yeah, yeah. you know, kind of like I said, making that slow stroll to the door. Yeah, <laughs> the last call-in show, we'll put it like that. <laughs> appreciate you chiming in, and let me go back oh, to yeah. the phone lines. Seven three area code, the Garden State of New Jersey. I'll bring on the voice of reason, Amanda. Amanda, what's happening? Hey, Keith. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. All right. Glad to have you on. I will stay in that same area code, the 732, to the Garden State of New Jersey, and bring on the show enforcement, Amanda Ray. Ray, what's happening, bro? Hey, what's up, Q? Amanda, Bobby, I don't know who else on. What's up, bro? All right. That's it so far. Well, well, Hunter, I do have one more to bring in. And you know it must be a special occasion for him to call in on time. Let me go to the 601 area, code. Uh-huh. To the Magnolia State. Oh, the man of the legend. Doug, the minister of sexual affairs. What's taking me? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> All right. And um, I also want to wish you and Ray happy belated birthdays, man. Uh, thanks, y'all. All right. Thanks, birthday, man. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, and uh, I went to Eminem's art show this weekend, and as usual, had a great time. He had a lot of new pieces this year, probably more than I've seen in quite some time. And of course, each of them has a story behind it, and uh, each story is usually hilarious. And had a good time. And Eminem, how how, how did everything go in your eyes, man? Oh man, it, it was uh, uh, splendid, man. That's that's a uh, good choice of words, man. And uh, like I say, man, everything was 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 cool, and it was kind of like a, a really for me, it was a time of reflection, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I just really just kind of thought back to the the beginning, and you know, through the years and stuff like that, man. And uh, so I think everything just kind of just kind of uh, came full circle in a good way. You know what I'm saying? So. Appreciate you coming, you know, as always and everything. And uh, and uh, true story right quick, man. You know, when you risk me and uh, Cuz having birthday, I always got a tradition, man, well, at least for about the last eight years at least, maybe maybe more than that, I always start painting or something around 8 o'clock and go to 12 so I can always bring in my new year doing something that's for me ain't got shit to do with a job or nothing like that. And this ain't no bullshit. Now, I was listening to Pandora, but I got the, the cheap Pandora, not the one you pay the description, get the songs and all that. And um, right at 11.59 and about, you know, maybe 43, 50 seconds or whatever, perfect timing, man. It was just like I was on the show. I Choose You came on. I, I just looked up and like, you know, I heard some people say God got a sense of humor, so I just kind of started laughing, you know, because I was, you know, buzzing like a motherfucker. But I was like, damn, man, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I feel you, man. Hey, it's a coincidence. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and, you know, we'll break down the topic. It may flash back to the past a little bit, but uh, surely by now you've heard about the young boy named Keaton Jones. Now, he's a kid who was bullied at school, uh, allegedly for looking different. And his mom decided for some reason that it would be a good idea to record his tearful testimony about his life, and the video went viral. Well, if his mom, Kimberly Jones, would have listened to my show, then she would have known that social media was coming for. Like we've discussed many times before in the past, Social media will make you a hero and then a villain within the same week. I mean, that's that's just what they do. And as soon as someone revealed is revealed as a hero, then you know, social media sends out their vultures to dig into people's private lives and find reasons why they shouldn't be celebrated as heroes. And now we're finding out that not only does the mother, Kimberly Jones, appear to love the Confederate flag, but the kid's dad has been in jail since 2015 and he's not just any guy in jail. He's a white supremacist. So this kid that so many people felt sorry for will probably be bullied even more because his parents don't appear to care for minorities. And we're also getting word that some of the reasons he was getting bullied is because he also made fun of minorities. So Amanda, let me start with you on this first. How did you feel about this kid before hearing the stories about his parents. I mean, are you familiar with the story? So I kept, the first time I saw the story, I was just scrolling through Facebook, and one of my um, former college classmates 
shared it, and she was talking about how she was bullied, and it made her cry. I just, I just kind of, I just kind of went past it, and then I kept seeing it. But I don't, I never took the time to actually look at the video all the way in its entirety. I don't even know if I ever played it. You know how you're scrolling through, and you, if you don't click on it, you don't hear the sound. You just see the the movement of the video. I don't even know if I ever clicked on it to hear the sound of it. I just, not that I was heartless, but I just kind of kept bypassing it. And I don't know why, and I swear, I don't know why it just didn't sit right with me. Not that I didn't believe him, but I don't know. I don't know if I just didn't like the scenario of sitting here watching this kid cry his eyes out about something. Maybe that's what it was. I just, I just chose not to look at it. And then when everything comes out, I'm like, wow, you know, it's just crazy. But like you said, social media will, will get you. You have to be very careful what you put out there because people will go back and they'll find all all your hidden demons if you're not careful. So it's just really sad for him to be caught in the middle of it, even if he's the one he's um, supposedly made some statements in school. He's still a kid, so. You know, and he's just bringing to school what he's been taught at home. So it's a sad situation for him regardless, just based on the parenting situation. This is true. And Dr. Willis, are you familiar with the story? I mean, how did you feel about this kid when you first heard about that he was being bullied? I'll be honest with you. Um, I heard about it, but I I never paid it into mind either. Um, You know, I feel like everything is becoming a fad now, especially things that are, you know, serious or, or, you know, you can make money off of, you know, it just, it just becomes a fad. Like, you know, uh, the situation with uh, the Me Too movement, uh, this, you know, kids, you know, crying wolf and things like that. So I, you know, I, I, I tend to ignore those type of things now, but um, when I, when I, uh, when I started paying attention to it, it was probably around a couple of days ago when I found out that, you know, uh, they they kind of got exposed, and so then I started to uh, look and see what had happened. And um, you know, one of the things that threw me off was how much support that you know our community would give folks like that, and we don't even look out for our own like that. You know what I mean? And, and then and and I run it. The irony of it was that they turned out to be white supremacists, and so. You know, when when you looked at you know look at the uh, numbers, I think somebody somebody somewhere had um, you know di- you know look researched and found out that you know a, a majority of the givers were you know black folks, and so that just you know I just I just laughed at the irony of it. So yeah, I don't I don't normally pay those things too much mind, but I, I did um, start to get interested in that about a couple of days ago when I found out that it was um, it was a hoax. Okay. And, Ray, do you think that this kid is going to get bullied even more now that people know that his parents are racist? Well, I'm kind of not believing that the whole thing happened. Why would you videotape your kid talking about bullying experiences? If you go talk to your kid's parents or whatever, I mean, it's, it's hard for a mother. But as a father, you have to teach your kids you got to come off that wall. You might get your ass whooped, but folks gonna respect you a little bit more. And if he can't fight, you find out a way to get him some lessons. You get whooped enough, you gonna get tough. I don't care if your parents whoop you or somebody in the street or 
whatever the case may be. You can't be no young man on there crying like that, you know, and to find out that all this information about the parents and stuff like that, it just makes it all worse. And people sending money and doing this and celebrities talking and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you can't nowadays it's acceptable for you to be bullied and people say, oh, don't do this to him, don't do that. I mean, you got to pick somebody. I don't care if it's a girl. You hit somebody in the mouth. The rest of them going to kind of mill out a little bit. And a lot of this stuff wouldn't happen. But, you know, if it is a case of bullying, I feel sorry for them because everybody can't stand up for themselves. I'm going to tell you, as a kid, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to run. Because sometimes you got somebody that got more brothers and cousins and stuff than you, you're going to have to get in the wind. You can't do nothing else. But at the same time, you're going to fight a little, you're going to run a little, and, you know, you're going to have to work it out. But people talking about they hanging themselves and doing all this kind of stuff with somebody bullying them. Bullying is kind of like a part of growing up, you know, somebody you're going to run into that you're afraid of as a kid when you're growing up. As you get older, you figure out, okay, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. But I guess everybody can't do that. But, you know, I, I watched the video because I keep seeing all this name coming up, name coming up, name coming up. So I say, man, okay, let me see what's going on. And you feel your son talking about this. Okay, first of all, we're going to teach you how to keep these bullies off of you. You know, now a girl or something, you probably got to handle it different. But after finding out what his parents is about, it's hard. He know he's a kid, but it's hard for me to feel sorry for the situation. I mean, you could always pray for those who don't know no better. But other than that, you got to learn to stand up for itself. That's some kind of way. I remember uh, we had a bully on our bus named Greg, and I left. I remember I left my leather jacket on the bus one day, and the next day I got on the bus. Greg was wearing it. My mama told me to come home about the jacket, and I had to stand up to him because I knew I would have a better chance against Greg than I did my dad. And, yeah, that 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 that's what I'm saying. You knew. Yeah. You know, you got caught running. I we used to get beat when we was a kid. We got caught running, but we had to run. And sometimes, you know, what I mean, you got four guys. Right, you, what you gonna do? Right. But and uh, I I stood up to him, and luckily no punches were thrown. He got my jacket and he threw it on the floor. But um, I I I much rather get my jacket out the floor than to have to fight Greg. Greg was so much older, man. Greg Greg was so old he was paying to go to school. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to fight him, man. I was fighting a grown man. I didn't want to fight that dude. So, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Like, like Ray said, you have to take a whooping, you know. And uh, this kid, his dad's in jail, so I guess his his dad uh, wasn't able to teach him. But uh, it's unfortunate because he is still a kid. But. Uh, you know, he has to deal with the consequences that, that the hand he's been dealt. And let me go back to the phone line. 
to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. And welcome on my man, Buck. Buck, what's going on, bro? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing oh, well, man. Right. Yep. All right. And let me let me ask you this, Eminem. Uh, should everyone consider the skeletons in their closet when, rec- when recording anything that they talk about putting on social media? If you're putting anything on social media that you think may go viral, shouldn't you like consider your your history first and maybe decide against it? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but, but not only social media, but especially if you put your name in the hat to be like some kind of uh, politician, uh, some high level position, even at a job, you know, like like it's the difference between being a uh, just say a t- teacher and a superintendent, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you know, especially in a city school or some shit, they just need a warm body. But, you know, but as you start getting up on a high level, then, you know, things that people don't even ask about, you know, you'll be vetted more. So, like, but with social media, you know, something crazy or anything you've done or anything like that, and, and that's why when you speak something, you know, you you have to be reassured of where what direction you want to go. Like uh, I use myself for example, you know, and it's a compliment to the show, man. I, I love the the freedom you always gave all of us. But you know, but I'm pretty sure um, that you know most of us, uh, even the people that's called in, probably not planning to run for governor or something like that or anything where somebody can say. You know, hey, that guy wasn't too sensitive to women, or or this guy, you know, talked about illegal things with pride or something like, you know. So, you know, um, anything dealing with uh, politics or religion or anything like that, man, and social media gonna make it run. So, if if you got anything like that, you know, you need to think twice. But uh, just like in the you know the case you just got through talking about, you know, I mean. And you know, I think uh, it's uh, especially that, that that point Ray brought out. I think that was excellent. You know, it's like shit, man. That's like a part of growing up, rite of passage, and all that. But now, if you're gonna do that, what this woman looks like once the other part that came out about the father and her being, you know, supremacist and all this bullshit. Now, instead of the victim, you know, unfortunate for the kid because you know, kid is still a kid and all that. But now, it's almost like a uh, a dope boy calling the police saying he'd been robbed of his dope. I mean, it looks like okay, really, you know. <laughs> so that's what it's that's what it comes off as now. So you a victim, you know. Realistically, you a victim, but nobody gonna give a shit no more. So, um, but yeah, right. man, you know, any 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 kind of skeleton, uh, if if you did something that's on record that can be proven. Because any kind of arrest, anything that technically is a public file. So if you got something in your past and you running for something, go ahead and talk about the shit, explain your side of it. Like um, sex offenders, the worst category that ever came out because they need to put some categories in that shit. You know, it's a huge difference between, a, you know, a dude talking to a, a old teen and somebody actually fucking a three or four year old kid. I mean, saying you know, but the shit all lumped together. So man, you gotta explain that shit. Yeah. You know, once you explain it, who knows? You know, people might say, oh, okay, shit. 
you know, hell, you knocked off a 15-year-old, but shit, she was at a club for, for 21-year-olds, and you was, you know, 19 or 20 yourself. It's like, well, shit, you know, a whole lot of people have been in that spot, potentially anyway. You know. <laughs> All right, Roy Moore. We'll get to him later. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we don't get to choose our parents. You know, we don't get to choose our parents. And, you know, sometimes that can be problematic. Sometimes it puts us in a difficult situation, especially when one parent wants to do things one way and one parent wants to do things another. But we all have to learn how to co-parent the best we can because we don't have too many two-parent households these days. And this is something we've talked about in the past. And, Amanda, let me go to you. Um, What do you teach your child regarding the new exes you know, the ex's new girlfriend or boyfriend. Well, in your case, it would be, you know, girlfriend. What would you teach your child in regards to that? Say your kid is, you know, somewhere between the ages of 5 and 10 years old where you can actually have a conversation with them. I would teach, I would teach them, them to be respectful to first be respectful. and foremost um, to that person. Um, I would also make sure that they understand that, you know, to, to just uh, be careful, make sure that if, if – that person hasn't doing anything that they normally don't do or anything they felt uncomfortable with um, to to let me know or let their father know because even though everything should go okay, you just never know. You don't want to leave anything to chance. So that would be things I would speak about um, and just and just really from that point just watch their behavior. If I notice that they're picking up certain habits that I don't like, and kids are pretty honest about where they where they get things from. And they say, oh, you know, Miss So-and-so, or if they call her by her first name or whatever, then I would have a talk with my ex and say, okay, I've noticed that this child has started saying this or doing this or doing that and just try to go from there. So I think that I, think that I would try to give the person the benefit of the doubt at first. I would make mm-hmm. sure my child is... is Mentally, I mean, I would try to, I would try to send the child in as neutral as possible without just not saying anything. Of course, I want right. them to to be respectful and to to also, you know, if something's not right, to be sure to let me know. But from there, it would just all depend on what type of behavior they're bringing back. If they're, you know, picking up foul language that they didn't use before and are saying that's where they heard it from, then I'm gonna address it or any other bad habit. Okay. All right, and that was back from um, July of 2014, a show called uh, Your Baby Daddy's Girlfriend. And, Amanda, we we know co-parenting can be very, very difficult, and it's something that a lot of people have to do these days. But, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure you still feel the same way, but in a situation where two parents aren't seeing eye to eye, who exactly can they go to for a mediator? Um, I mean, who do you think they should try to reach out to to settle any disputes where they may have, you know, to be the tiebreaker? Um, so, first of all, I have to tell you that <laughs> I thought I was in a twilight zone for, like, a hot second because I thought you were asking me a live question I was about to answer, and I was literally <laughs> hearing my thoughts before I said it. And I'm sitting here looking, 
I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Man, that that shit did sound live. I didn't know it was recording myself. Uh, no, right? <laughs> I'm literally like my first few words out were exactly what I was saying, and I'm like, "Why am I talking?" But nothing's coming out of my mouth, and I hear myself. I, at first, I thought oh, there was an echo in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's but hilarious. Yes, I, I I do feel the same way. Um, and if we had kids, I would want them to be able to come to either parent. I mean, I feel like sometimes. There are certain things you're more comfortable with your dad. Some things you're more comfortable with your mom. Sometimes it depends on the relationship. Sometimes it depends on the parent's temperament. So, Well, I, I'm not necessarily talking about the child. I mean, if the parents can't see eye to eye on something, who do they go to to try oh, to resolve it? Like, um, who who should maybe, be the tiebreaker? Maybe, maybe a grandparent. Maybe um, a minister. Maybe a, a close friend to the family that has children and has been through certain things. I would definitely say somebody who has experience, whether it's a, like I said, a grandparent or a sibling. You know, if I had a older brother or a sister, or you know, Eminem has five kids. He's been through certain things. He, you know, he's somebody I could say, "What would you do in this situation?" And he's been through it, so he knows. So it's kind of I think you would have to have a trusted friend or family member that you could talk to. Okay, okay, I get that, I get that. And Buck, what do you think, man? Um, if if you and your significant other are not seeing eye to eye about your child, then uh, where can you go that can, you know, somebody that can advise both of you? Because you can't go to your best friend because she's gonna say, well, your best friend is biased, and you know she can't go to her sister because you're gonna say her sister's biased. So I mean, where can you go? I mean, I mean, best thing the best thing to do is you know, you know, you got to sit down and and conversate. Sometimes you know there is no instruction book when it comes to that. So the best thing to do is to you know basically sit down. And sometimes it's better just to keep it in house. Um, yeah, you can you can you can ask your best friend, you can ask your parents, what have you, if they're still alive, and um, you know do those types of things. But all in all, I mean. There's no instruction book, book, so the best thing to do is to sit down and communicate, and you know get on the same get on the same wavelength, get on the same page, so that way you can understand what's really going on because ultimately that's what it's going to come down to. Um, case in point, I mean, me and my ex-wife, we when we first got together, there was a lot of you know if I say no, they'd automatically call their mom and she'd say yes, and she doesn't know what she's saying yes to. Because with me, I had freedom on the phone when I'm at work, and she did not. So she would just say yes, just to hurry up and get him off the phone. Like, yeah, go ahead and get off the phone and hang it up, you know, so she wouldn't get in trouble at work. Well, you know, once she got home and understood why I said no, then she's like, oh, shit. So it, it took a little bit of time to where if once she figured out that the kids were calling just because just she was in a hurry to get off the phone, and say and then she'll say yes and don't know what she's saying yes to. Then she just starts saying no, and she's like no, and then hang the phone up. So then you know they knew to stop. You know we figured their little game plan out. So you just have to you got to communicate because if you don't, it ain't gonna work. Okay, I feel you on that. Definitely communication is important. And but let me move. I want to move on to a, another clip, and then I'm gonna get the opinions of. 
of Ray and Dr. Willis um, on this. So you all check out this clip. This is regarding, uh, I guess it kind of falls under parenting as well, talking about teenagers. So this is from August of 2014. And, Ray, I'll ask you, man, I mean, if, you know, little Ray Nisha decides she wants to have a, her man, or no, I can't say her man because she's a, she's a child, <laughs> her boy, you know, move into the house or, or something or just, you know, have a sleepover so they can hang out and stuff. I mean, how would you feel about it? Now, Amanda says that she wasn't raised that way, but, you know, we're in different times. I mean, do you make an allowance for that? No, hell no. Not for my daughter, I wasn't, of course. Not. But, um, I mean, I think as a parent, you got to set the right example. So I wouldn't do it because, you know, I don't want to set the wrong example. Now, like I say, if you live outside of the home and you do what you want to do and you stay with your boyfriend or you stay with your a girlfriend or something like that. As long as they was, you know, good people and stuff like that, I, I would, you know, you do what you want in your house, you think build there. But if it's in your own house, I think you have to regulate that a little bit because you got to be able to set the right example. And the right example is what you taught them growing up. Now, I understand because, like I say, you know, I stayed outside the house and all that as well. And, you know, for economic reasons, it just makes sense for a girl and a guy or whatever to stay together. And I think older folks don't have the uh, respect for that because it's easy to be a man 50 years ago because shit didn't cost nothing. Now you need everything, everybody, your phone, you need your house, Internet, you need Wi-Fi, you need all that. So the cost is different versus, you know, one joker can pay all the bills and then make no difference because, you know, she didn't need her own car. You know, things are different. So you can pay 1500 or $1,800 a month, and she paying $1,800 a thousand or whatever she, her rent is, and y'all stay right down the street from each other. That's stupid. To me, nowadays it is. So I wouldn't expect my kid to do that. So if you was to come back home Thanksgiving and this, that, and other, uh, I mean, if you were adult, I probably would let it let it go because you're adult. You know right from wrong, just like I know right from wrong, but I always do the right thing. So I would um, probably let it go if they was adults and they stay together when they're not in my house. But a teenager, oh, no, hell no, especially daughter, hell no. Okay, but you're saying that you might do it if it's your son? I mean, it would it would be the right thing to do. And being that I'd be on the other side, I wouldn't be able to get it off anyway. So I have to stand <laughs> firm and tell him no. I was just about to say, it must be his son with somebody else. Cause that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he can have that double standard. <laughs> but uh, right. I remember that show because I referred to Ray's daughter as Raynesha, and I gave a scenario for Amanda, and I said her son would be her daughter. No, her son would be named Amandarius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but Ray 
kids are just growing up faster and faster, man. I mean, you know, kids are getting makeup at an early age, getting cell phones at an early age. And, I mean, you still feel the same way regarding teen shacking. And because I, I know of someone who um, who has a daughter who has a boyfriend who ran away from home. And, you know, the boyfriend is living in their house. No, I mean... Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for that because, you know, you, if you got other kids in the house or if you don't have other kids in the house, you got to set the right example. And at, if they were young, nah, I wouldn't go for it because now y'all fucking on my dime. Now, if you live somewhere <laughs> else and, and you come back and y'all visiting for the holidays or something like that, then I can say, okay, this is what it is. If I get along with the dude. If I don't get along with the dude, nah, I ain't no. Well, once again, you ain't fucking on my dime. Because you come in my house, you know, eating food and all this other stuff, and then you laying around. See, when you don't charge anybody anything, that's when they become a bigger nuisance. So if you have a kid or something and you got a boyfriend and She's still in high school. She's still in high school. What else is it for him to do? He's not going to come to your house and say, man, you know, let me go out here and get on this lawnmower or something. That's old school. Let me watch the car. That's old school. Dude, staying in your house, when you working, he he getting it in. And I mean, you know, he getting it in two, three times a day when you're that age. He getting it in. (laughs) And who are you getting it in on? You. You paying for all of it. The lights, the music he's playing, uh, the soda in the refrigerator, all that stuff. When you get finished, you thirsty, Netflix, you got to take a shower. It's all on your diet. So, you know, no, nah, I wouldn't go for it. I would just uh, tell them what the rules are, and you got re- to respect that. Now, if you're a guy, you got your own place, you got your, your job and everything straight, and you are an adult, then I would consider all that. But, you know, I just let them know y'all can stay, but ain't no bucket in my house. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, say that. Say that for another time. You know what I mean? Because you get some people up in there, they want to carry on like they're in their own house, you know. And and even now, if you're married or something, you know, you don't go to your in-laws or something and you just getting wild like you at home or something. That's crazy. (laughs) At least I think so anyway. I hear you. (laughs) And so, Dr. Willis, uh, you know, a lot of things change in society. And a lot of times parents just say, you know, I'm going to roll with the punches and just go with society on this and just kind of, you know, let things happen. So as a parent yourself, how do you decide what you need to do as far as evolving as a parent? And how do you decide what to stay firm on and keep it old school? Um, You know, it's, 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 there's no one size fit all for that. You have to, you know, it's all situational. It depends on, you know, your the level of your child's maturity. It all it depends on, 
you know, your own personal experiences and things like that. Because, uh, you know, like, I'm with Ray. I, I wouldn't let, you know, a boyfriend stay over, you know, in my house because I know that, you know, I, you know when I was younger and uh, when I first got in the Marine Corps, I stayed with my first son's mom. Um, uh, I stayed at her house, and I know what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> so, you know, I would think about that every damn time, and then, uh, you know, and then, you know, I would, you know, that wouldn't work. So, you know, on that end, I wouldn't. But as far as like, um, you know, back then when society was like, oh, you know, you do, you know, your girl can't date, you know, your daughter can't date until she's, you know, eighteen, nineteen, or out of the house, whatever case may be. No, I don't believe in that. My daughter, I think I'll let my daughter, especially uh, with her maturity level, uh, I'll probably let her start dating about fifteen, sixteen, and stuff like that. You know, um, but can't nobody be standing over at my house. And of course, you know she'll, you know she'll have a, you know, curfew time to be back and all that stuff. So, you know, it just depends on, on what's going on, what they're asking for, and um, and, and how mature your your child is. You know, if you got a knucklehead and stuff, then yeah, you're gonna have to have a tighter rein. But if you, you know, if you, you know, you talk with the child like I do, you know, we talk. Man, my kids talk about everything. Like they they come to me and they don't mind talking about you know, things that they're feeling and going through and stuff like that, um, you know, stuff that, you know, most kids would be too embarrassed to talk about. You know, my kids come to me and they talk to me about this stuff. So, you know, they know where I stand, and I have to show them that I trust them. If I don't, then they're going to sneak out. They're going to do all those things I don't want them to do. So once I show them that I trust them and, they, you know, they 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 tend to not want to uh, jeopardize or violate that trust. So, you know, you have to just know your kids. So, you know, I can't give anybody any advice on that because it all is so situational and um and, and and varies, you know, from child to child, parent to parent. Okay. Very I true. feel you on that. I feel you on that. So. Well, all right. Speaking of teenagers, old Roy Moore thought he had things sold up down in Alabama. He thought that his Senate seat was as good as his despite all of the allegations made against him during the campaign. Now, Moore was accused of loving the ladies. And, uh, well, let me rephrase that. Moore was accused of loving the girls, underage girls. <laughs> now, that ah. dogged him dur- during the entire campaign, but it appeared that the people of Alabama didn't care. It looked as if he was going to be a shoe-in to be reelected. Then Donald Trump stepped in. The Donald. Uh, well, hold on. Let me show him some respect. President the Donald came out and gave his full support to Roy Moore, who who ironically shares the same first initial as one Robert Kelly. Anyway, so Trump supports R. Moore and says that's his guy. The result, R. Moore loses the election and becomes the first Republican to lose a Senate seat in Alabama since high top phase were trendy. More black people voted in this election from what was reported than in 2008 and 2012 when Obama was running. So, Eminem, let me start with you on this. Did Roy Moore's trips to the playground lose the election, or was it President Trump supporting him? Ah, well, it, it, it was pretty much uh, Trump's support because the people that normally probably wouldn't vote in this type of election, that incited them to come out. Um, you know, the other accusations or whatever with the underage girl, let's see, like I say, it's a category to all this shit. Now, in the deep south, underage is like, you know, when your titties ain't growing. That's how it used to be. Um, but once, you know, a woman can get titties, then. Wait, what? 
to get minorities back to the polls, even if it's only temporary? It, it, it may be. I mean, and the, but really what's the most important thing here that we're missing out on is this. I think the reason, I mean, with him being as polarizing as it has been since he's been president, the thing is, is what I'm seeing is, you know, first of all, what's the most important part of the elections are the ones that are held in your in, in your, your local and city. I mean, your local and, and state. Those are the ones you live by on a day-to-day basis. Mickey Mouse can be freaking president. So with everybody showing up at the polls and actually voting um, and doing the right thing, I mean, you got to show up at the Anytime you vote, I don't care who it is that you're voting for, you got to show up and make your make your voice be heard. And I think what we've seen so far since he's been in office is the lack of respect and dignity a president should carry, the lack of tactfulness. So for him to endorse people, he's endorsing the same clowns that that he is. So as a result of that, now I think the you know people are going like, all right, we already got one nutcracker in here. We don't need two or three of them. So why don't we do the right thing and, you know, show up at the poll and go ahead and get the right people in here so maybe we can, you know, get something done. So, you know, ultimately, hopefully this will make him straighten straighten up his own act because this is, you know, three strikes. You know, he didn't already endorsed three people and all three of those people lost. So that's just, that should be said. American people are actually sending a, you know, they're they saying, look, we're not going to stand for all the foolishness, okay? But, you know, you need to... You know, first of all, you got to get your cabinet filled, so that way you can get the right people to have political background, so that way they can you can make good decisions. Because right now you're making all the decisions, and they're not good ones. So, you know, maybe this would be, you know, this maybe with this being the third one, maybe it'll make him straighten out. It might not, because I think he's too far gone. But at the same time, you know. American people are making, you know, they're standing up for themselves and showing up to the polls. That's a good way of standing up for yourself and making sure your voice is heard. That's why it's so important. So pay attention to your state and local elections because those are the ones you really live by on a day-to-day basis. All right, good stuff, good stuff. And of course, Trump came out today and tweeted. Essentially, I knew he wasn't going to win. <laughs> that dude. <is> true. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you this. Let me go to you, Ray. Just this past weekend, Ray, here in Jackson, Mississippi, they opened um, a civil rights museum. And Donald Trump was to appear at the museum, have a, give a speech and all that stuff. And there were some prominent black people who were supposed to attend who decided against it because Donald Trump was going to be there. One of them was um, Congressman Benny Thompson, and another was um, – uh, John Lewis um, was supposed to appear as well, and I think there were a couple of other people. Um, at one point, I think um, Chuck Way Lamoma said he wasn't going to appear. I don't know if he showed up later or what, but I don't think he was there when Trump was there because um, I saw him at Cracker Barrel eating breakfast <laughs> that Saturday morning. But um, so, how do you feel about that, Ray? Do you think even if you disagree with the president, no matter how Outrageous you think he may have been Or how much you disagree With him do you think for something As important as the civil rights museum You still should show up um, Or do you think They did right to just stay away Because they didn't want to have to deal With being there with him and his presence I mean I think You should always respect the president 
if it, if it were me and he was coming to my city or my town, I would have showed up. And to me, that's just professionalism, you know, because I know there's a lot of feelings about Trump, and you know he says outrageous things and does some outrageous things, but at the same time, what has the man really done that you could say that he's racist? You know, so, you know, the fact that he wants to come, that should be invitation enough for you to say, well, okay, at least we can talk and take pictures or whatever you want to do. You don't have to vote for the guy. You know, just like on the other side, if somebody had disrespected Obama like that, everybody would say, well, you know, those folks are racist. We're not going over there, and this, this, that. But if it comes around on the other side, everybody feel like they got the right to do that, which they do. But to me, if the president was coming, I think they should have met with the president. You don't have to agree. You don't have to, uh, you know, take pictures or whatever you don't want to do. But at the same time, you shouldn't be, like, like we can't be out here in public just talking, 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 and getting on TV or news stations or whatever. When the men come, actually let them know what your concerns are and what you disagree about. You don't have to stand on the side of the street with no signs and all that in front of the building and all that for what? Just let them know what you agree with, you disagree with. Simple as that. Okay. I mean... That's what I would have done, but you know, okay. a lot of guys think they stand for something by not meeting with the president. All right, let me. I'm um, have a caller calling from the five one six area code, which is out of New York, the Big Apple. Caller, what's your name? Milani Billups. <laughs> hey, kid. What's up, Milani? Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry to have kept you on hold for so long. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? All right. Okay. Wow. Good afternoon to everyone. <laughs> Good to have you on. How is everybody doing? <laughs> Outstanding. I'm glad. To, I'm glad to join you guys. I actually did want to touch on this topic a little bit. Okay, go right ahead. Um, I believe that. Trump's message is ultimately divisive, and because um, it causes a lot of racial uproar, for him to be a speaker or to be a guest um, in the opening of a civil rights museum, it is kind of it, it contradicts the the message of the civil rights movement. And I think that's why a lot of the leaders, a lot of the public figures, decided to you know you know uh, basically boycott the event is because it just the message is like kind of like why would the civil rights museum whoever reached out to Trump to have him come why would they why would they pick that person particularly it was kind of like a smack in the face to the people who did fight in the civil rights movement um, with everything that's been going on since Trump has been in office so that's just my take (laughs) okay I feel you on that and just just get people caught up um um, you know, because it's been a while since you've been on the show, kind of get people caught up on what you're doing now, what you got going on. Because mm-hmm. I know you and I were supposed to get together a while ago and have a podcast, and, you know, my schedule's been kind of crazy, but kind of catch everybody up on what you're doing now. 
Okay, so um, basically, uh, before, I don't know if uh, some of you are aware, I I used to have a company named Cherry Letters. Um, But Cherry Letters became a little bit, uh, how do you put it, Uh, too broad. And I needed to kind of break it down to make the message concise. So I actually have been working on two projects. One of them is called The Winning Way, which uh, caters to uh, women who are professionals, um, who uh, and then I have Laws of Love for those who are interested in um, up in their game in regards to dating and relationships and sex. So that's basically what I've been working on. All right, sounds great, sounds great. And uh, where I definitely still want to get together with you and ask you more about the winning way and all the things you have going on. You know, we you've always been a, a show favorite as far as being a guest and everything. And definitely glad to have you on. You can hang out as long as you want and get in on some of these topics. Yep. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right, cool. And so, um, Dr. Willis, let me get back to you as as, as far as this whole Trump thing and get your opinion on, do you think Mm -hmm. that those um, prominent black representatives who were invited to be there you know, along with I think Megar Evers' wife was there and some other people. Do you think they should have shown up, or do you think they were right to just stay away simply out of protest of President the Donald? Actually, I thought um, I thought it was a brilliant play by the um, you know the Republican Party or Trump or you know whoever you know you know organized that because um, either way it was going to be a, a win-win situation for them. You got to think about it. If everybody showed up, it was still going to take away from the opening of the museum itself because the whole narrative was going to be on those folks against Trump. If they stay away, then that overrides the uh, opening of the, the museum and become the topic of the day. So it was a brilliant move by whoever organized that because either way it go, we haven't said anything about the opening of the the museum other than it opened, <laughs> you sure. know. So it was uh they you know they knew it was a win-win situation regardless. I mean, from my understanding from uh reports, he was only down there for a few minutes and he jetted out. So I mean, I th- I thought it was a brilliant plan being mm-hmm. on his part. Mm-hmm. The freaking okay. just, you know, to to mitigate the opening of the museum and and don't um by me calling it a brilliant plan, I don't agree with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm saying for yeah. that camp for every- who agree with him and, and and want to uh wanted to to minimize the opening of the museum, then that was a brilliant plan. Okay. All right. So again, like I said, you know, Trump is a very polarizing figure. There's always something going on with him. Uh this whole Roy Moore thing. And um which that was centered around the allegations of Roy Moore being a um pedophile essentially. And sex has been in the news a lot lately. Sex, like this sexual harassment thing, sexual harassment is the news media's Zika virus now. All right. You know, we, we've gone from trying to kill us every year from SARS to swine flu to um, Ebola to the Zika. And now it's sexual harassment. That's the flavor of the, of the, of the month. And you can add, Marshall Falk, Donovan McNabb, and tonight I read about Tavis Smiley being added to the list of sexual harassers, so to speak. Uh, Amanda, I'll, I'll go back to you as 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 a a lady. 
just to get your personal opinion, in all honesty, can't every guy pretty much be accused of sexual harassment in the workplace? Probably just about, unless he's just super cautious. Like I know Ray is really, really cautious as a just as a person. That's just his style. But I think that you can always get caught slipping, and I don't even think it's just men. I think I found myself in, um, you know, this year getting moved into a position of leadership in my department. I'm very mindful of what I say, and even if I want to just make a joke. I don't want it to be not so much a sexual type thing, but just something you would just be laughing about, whether it's a, you know, just something that you think is harmless, but can be taken the wrong way. And then next thing you know, you're in human resources. So especially with the the culture nowadays, I think everybody needs to be careful about what you say and just probably not say it. But yes, I think a lot of stuff is just really taken too far um, as far as people wanting to get other folks in trouble and, you know, and like I said, I try to not say what I would do in every situation because everybody's different. But just for me, it I'm just not that I'm just not that person. I'm just not quick to run and talk about this happened to me and that happened to me. It would have to be something really, really super serious for me personally. Everybody's different, but that's just not how I roll. So I, to me, it it just seems like a lot of people want to jump on a bandwagon and say, oh, yeah, this happened to me, too. Oh, yeah, you know, one time this person said this to me. Oh, yeah, me, too. It's different if it's something, like, legitimately super serious really happening. You're just saying, hey, you know what, I can validate what she's saying because when I reported to this person, you know, they did this or they did that. But a lot of times when you're just coming forward and it's X amount of time, in some cases I'm not saying it's not valid. I never want to say that about a person who's telling their story, but you kind of have to give some of these folks a side eye and just be like, really? You know, all these people want to come out of the woodwork? Ten people want to come out over the course of, you know, 20 years or 30 years, somebody's been in a position and say, oh, yeah, this happened and that happened. It's just like, you know, I don't know. But I just, I just think it's a sad time, and I think that, it puts a lot of people in a in a bad situation. Like you said, you know, a lot of guys are just, or people are just flirtatious or they don't even mean any harm and all of a sudden they're in trouble. So, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people just are going to have to be more careful about what they do and say at work. Okay. Milani, what's your two cents in on this? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's the all the crave now. I mean, People get hit with sexual harassment charges every week, uh, every couple of days, it seems. Um, I think the the biggest thing is I think that a lot of people aren't really educated on how sensitive sexual harassment really is. Sexual harassment can actually be something as simple as a look. You looking someone up and down in a sexual manner can get you called into HR. Um, sexual harassment can be a comment made to so say you're talking to a coworker and someone overhears you and they take it um, offensively, that could be considered sexual harassment. So because it's, so, it's such a sensitive thing and anything can be taken out of context, um, I think um, people being educated on the topic would give them a little bit more um, knowledge so that they can move a little bit more appropriately in, in um, a professional manner. Now, also, as far as... Um, this movement with sexual harassment and the Me Too movement, 
Um, I know it opened up a lot of wounds for a lot of women. A lot of women were actually afraid to come out and speak on it because a lot of the times when you are sexually harassed by someone in the office, a lot of the times it happens from your superior. And um, because that person is in power, that person has connections, that person is um, well-respected, or just something something as simple as you knowing that you can lose your job, which is not really simple, um, it makes a lot of women – it keeps a lot of women silent on on a subject. And as each woman comes out and says, hey, this person did this to me, each woman tells their story, other women become emboldened and they feel like, you know what, it is my duty, it is my right to speak up and say something before this happens to someone else. Um, a lot of these men have been getting away with it for over, for decades. And the fact that it's coming out now, when, uh, to say that it should someone should have said something sooner, um, I think it's very insensitive, and I think um, I think it doesn't invalidate their stories because this could have been something that they have been living with and harboring, um, and that could have been eating them up inside for all, all of these years, and now they finally find some healing and some release and being able to tell their stories and to get these people fired and to, to, uh, to help um, foster a different type of culture in the workplace. Okay, okay. Very well said. And um, Eminem, that means no more lap dances in the break room, bro. But (laughs) I just think when it comes to sexual harassment, just as a guy, I feel like there should be levels to it, okay? I don't think the guy that – I mean, yeah, it it may be all harassment at at the end of the day, but it just seems unfair that the guy that says to a woman, um, I think you should smile more, is in the same category as a guy who whips out his junk and say, don't hurt him with that thing. All right. I think there's a difference between the two. And I, I wish that there were degrees to it because all we hear is sexual harassment. And then you have the, the creeps like Matt Lauer who has like um, a button at his desk that locks the door behind people when they walk in, you know, and I don't know if that compares to someone who may have said something inappropriate. Now, it doesn't mean that that person is not um, is, is, is absolved of anything, but I just wish that, that people kind of differentiated between the two. I hate to see people lumped together, kind of like what um, I think Eminem had mentioned, he's mentioned before on the show about how someone can, you know, say something inappropriate and get put on a sex registry along with somebody who may be a pedophile. You know, it, it just seems unfair to lump things all together and like Milani said we all need to be made aware of what people consider harassment so we can avoid doing it because ignorance is part of it you know if you're talking to one of your friends and someone overhears it like she says you may not think anything of it because you're not even talking to that person but it can end up getting you in trouble so it's something that um, you know that we have to try to really think about and focus on and you know if it's to the point where you just got to go to work and keep your mouth shut that's a shame but it's almost like we're getting to that point but I think I I don't know I I guess and we're seeing 98% of of these people who are being charged are guys now there have been a couple of women who have been hit with charges and that really hasn't made too many headlines but I've seen a couple of celebrity who are ladies who got hit with these charges but a lot of the time it falls on the man because a lot of times people say 
that only men want sex, you know, or why does a man always want sex? And that's something I asked Eminem back in July of 2014, and uh, he answered the question like only Eminem could. All right, let me go to the 601 area code to Jackson, Mississippi, and welcome on Eminem. Eminem, sorry to have you holding so long. Man, how's it going? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? All right, Eminem, do you agree with Aaron that um, I've never really thought about it that way, that because men really aren't that verbal, um, you know, sex is kind of a way how they speak, you know, how they show their passion or emotion or just <laughs> uh, however you want to put it that makes it sound poetic. Well, um, um, there is some validity to it, but 90% of it is what I'm about to say now. Uh-uh. Um, I like to use analogies just to kind of get everybody on the same mind frame. Now, pretty much all of us at one point or another have seen Wild Kingdom or Discovery Channel or something like that. All right, so when you see lions, when wildebeest are migrating or whatever, they running and stuff, you know, they, they also, for those who've never seen this on Animal Planet, you've probably seen uh, Lion King or something. Okay, and the wildebeest is running and stuff, right? And the lions have a limited time that they can attack their prey, bring their prey down. But that's what sex is to a man. It's it's the total domination of, of conquering your prey because it ain't always, you know, it's a competition out there. That's why guys go through the hoops and all that, and it's, it's nothing more fulfilling. You know, just like with that lion, you know, Cut the throat of that damn wildebeest or that antelope. You know that's what it is when a guy ejaculates. That's the ultimate. Like I have conquered my prey. It's more of an ego thing because now I'm, I'm you know, I, you know, I, I will agree that you know maybe there is some type of emotion, but for the most part, if that bitch attractive, shit, man, you don't give a damn. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't. <laughs> Oh Make my. a love to your woman or your wife to cut the throat of a wildebeest. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, over here. Analogy, man. That is I awful. I know, analogy. Wild kingdom. What in the world I could not stop laughing. <laughs> I couldn't hold that back. I'm sorry. I'm dying over here. Well, I'm dying over here. Wow. It's like, oh, it's, the ultimate, it's like the ultimate thing. So that's why that's why you see such gleam in the eyes of an older guy who done totally played out and flamed out. When a younger dude come up to him for him advice, he said, man, I tell you, boy, when I was your age, I mean, guys get it, because that was the thing. It's the the emotion in it is the bra- is, well, it's the bragging rights, it's the stripes on the shirt, it's all that. And the uh, until recently, when they started inventing, like, Cialis and all that, for the most part, for regular everyday people, there was a limited time. So that's what I'm. That's why I compared it to the, you know, conquered the, the, the prayer or whatever, because you have a limited time. Eminem, I, I hope you never run for office, bro. Equivalent of a lion cutting the throat of a wildebeest. It has to be one of the most classic lies that I've heard. I know, right? 
I don't know how he came up with that analogy, but man, that man, uh, I laughed about that for about twenty minutes out of the show. I was too too. Eminem to to expound on that, sir. Uh, I mean, as far as why do men why do men always seem to want sex? Do you think that women are catching up, and it's to the point that women are to you know to the point where they equally want sex just as much as men? Uh no, I think it's I actually think they're going backwards, man. Uh, because see, like uh, no. From the way I see it, like, like all this sexual harassment bullshit, to me that's a attack on heterosexual, heterosexual men. Because see, the way the shit used to be, women used to be taught how to wave that shit off. You know, this motherfucker say, "Ooh, girl, goddamn," you know, you just they just know how to you know brush it off and shit like that. The shit didn't have to go to no office, and then if you touched them. They was taught just to, you know, slap the dude or whatever. And, and if you tried to grab them too hard, they was taught to, you know, kick you in the balls. Now the shit got to go viral. It's got to go political and all that stuff like that. So I think that, um, you know, more women are now empowered and all that, which which is great. You know, that's, you know, that's great. You know, you, you've got to get educated like everybody else. But, you know, you got to understand something. At the end of the day, you know, you could turn the power off and turn the water off. You know, every motherfucker out there breathing going back to a fucking animal. That's what we are. We're just an intelligent being with a thumb and intellect, with a conscious and supposedly a soul. That's the only thing separating us from that damn dog. But the rest of us, the rest of our bodies is a fucking animal instinct. You know what I'm saying? We're here to procreate, reproduce. That's what we do. You know what I'm saying? We have nuts for a reason. That's to hold the juice of life. Right what I'm saying? Women have titties for a reason. That's the nurture life. You know, milk and shit. And, and it's still how old they are. And, and if they start growing and they reach, you know, you know, you won't let them get a couple of inches because below that, now you're getting in that dangerous territory. But... <clears throat> You know, kind of like how people used to find dead animals and shit. They look at the teeth <laughs> or the rings on the tree. You know what I'm saying? The shit ain't accurate, but it's just kind of like, a, you know, some folklore age measuring, you know, before they had uh, carbon, carbon dating and stuff, you know. But, uh, <clears throat> but you know. <laughs> oh, the teeth of dead know, animals. But, we ain't got to keep your international geographic. But but when it when it's when it's all said and done, that's what we are. So to try to make a man, which is which is you know part you know ape or whatever the fuck we is, you know, conjure ourselves to not say anything, just look straight ahead and all that stuff like that, and take and 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 to turn a woman into just some type of machine, where, you know, she's taught to walk straight, you know. Uh, not use her curves to her advantage and all that stuff like that. You know, to me, I think the nation, the Western world anyway, need to take a deep breath and go back and look at, uh, you know, an episode of, uh, you know, the Looney Tunes with, with the skunk and Papa Lupu and all that stuff like that. I mean, that's that's what women do, you know. And then they need to look at uh, 
what's this other cartoon? Uh, the Aristocats. You know, and uh, you know how the one uh, the cat she would the chick she would take her tail and just kind of go around the pole and kind of hypnotize the dudes and shit like that. I mean, that's how the shit go. You know, that makes for a help a better working environment. But when everybody all uptight, oh shit! You compliment somebody, you you can get fired or lose this or lose that. You know, matter of fact. Now, what 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 behooves me is most of these damn people that's complaining is you know either played out chicks or ugly motherfuckers. You know, you don't really see a lot of you know quote unquote you know models and video vixens or dumb blondes or you know uh, porn star. I mean, nobody ain't nobody like that saying that about no sexual harassment. You know, it's motherfuckers like, what's the ugly ass woman that used to be the, uh, she used to be like the damn secretary of state or something way back. Uh, damn, what was the damn woman? Janet that? Reno. Janet Reno. I mean, shit, yeah, if you look like that, yeah, you going to say that shit. But, you know, you ain't hearing Marilyn Monroe say that. You know, she's saying, happy birthday, big boy. All that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what a nigga want to do. Well, oh, she ain't saying Lord. too much of anything right now because she's pushing up values, but we get what you're saying. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's an on heterosexual men. They Eminem, don't you probably the only per- wow. You're probably the only dude I know who can get charged with sexual harassment if you worked in a strip club, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, hey, I was like, real bitch, you going to pay your life bill in, man, tonight, goddammit. <laughs> Dr. Willis. Do you agree with Eminem? Do you think that women want sex less these days, more so than, let's say, a decade ago? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't think it's changed much, either up or down. I think women, you know, they they still like sex just as much as men. They just don't, you know, they don't act the way we do when it comes to sex. I think the problem now, though, is that... Um, like Eminem alluded to with the uh, women empowerment and things like that. Now, women have been, women have actually really been victimized for so long that, you know, now it's, it's, uh, it's, it's actually detrimental to most men now because of the fact that they are asking to write a blank check. You know what I mean? And, and I know that this is going to be, you know, controversial or whatever, but I think women are asking, uh, asking for a blank check to say, you know, sexual harassment for whatever. And uh, don't get me wrong, there there are a lot of women that have been sexually harassed. But just like anything else, when something good comes about to help folks in situations, you got another sector of those same people that come and make it bad for them. You know what I mean? So uh, I give you uh, a classic example. When the Me Too thing started out, most of those stories that you heard were plausible stories. You know what I mean? Um, you know, there was no there was no question in some of the stuff that was being said because you know, you, you would think that, you know, that, that happens. But then you start getting um uh women asking for apologies for, you know, a guy showing his penis, but then the guy come out and apologize and say, Yeah, I had asked this woman to show my penis and I sent her pictures. Well, guess what? If if he asked to show the show the penis and he ended up sending it, then that, that kind of implies that she said, okay, if he had asked. Well, otherwise, he was just sending the damn penis. So it's like, right. you know, it's like a lot of them are just asking for a blank check to say, 
uh, sexual harassment, rape, or whatever it is, in any situation when it de- when it's uh, beneficial to them, and that hurts the real victims out there. And uh, and men can't talk about this subject because if we say stuff like what I'm saying right now, we we cater to the rape culture, you know, and and we're we're rape apologists and things like that. And people, you know, they don't understand that, you know, if I if you lock me in a room with a rapist, I beat the fuck out of him, you know, what I'm saying half dead, you know, I don't I don't give a shit about a racist, I mean a, a, a rapist. But at the same time, I look at both sides of the coin. And right now, a lot of women, a lot of misandry-type uh, women, you know what I'm saying, within the, within a group of feminists are actually trying to uh, take down men. And they want, they want legislation passed so that way when they say anything, that it goes. You don't you don't question them because now there's a big push to say, oh you you know you you're um, antagonizing the victim and you're blaming the victim and stuff like that. No, nobody's blaming the victim, but we got to investigate. We can't just put motherfuckers in jail just because you said they raped you or they they they, they harassed you or something. You know it has to be that's some right. kind of fact. And a lot of them don't want that shit. And that's the problem I have with it. I don't have a problem with the Me Too movement. I don't have a problem with them fighting for equal rights things like that. I have a problem that they, don't want, they are wanting a blank check to say, you know, rape or sexual harassment. And then you got, you got like with, um, what's in this guy called today, Tavis Smiley, right? Uh, text, texting women and stuff. If he's texting these things, you know, what what is the full story? Because if he's texting this thing, that means you must have given him your number. And for you to come back years later and say, oh, well, you know, he had a position of power, so I was obligated to give him my number or I was going to get fired. Well, first of all, you don't need that job then, or or, or else you are. Actually, you need to go complain right then and say, hey, look, this guy is using his weight, you know, to blah, blah, blah. And I know, I like I said, you know, I, I've heard stories that women don't want to, you know, some women uh, are, you know, they, they are fearing for their position and things like that at the moment and stuff. So, you know, I get that. But – you know, that's crazy to sit down and lay lay down and fuck a man and then later on down the line say, oh, I did it because he was in a position of power. No, you want to fuck somebody famous right then, and now you got a chance to, you know, capitalize off that. I mean, that's my my opinion on it. But there that's are women right. that actually, that hurts women that get raped. That hurts, that hurts actual victims out there. Okay. All right. Well, um... Real quick, let me, uh, I guess, get get a woman's take on this. And Amanda, this is as as far as the question about do women want sex just as much as men these days? You want to give your two cents on that? I can only speak for myself. Um, and I have not changed at all. So I'll just, <laughs> just leave it like that. From the time that uh, puberty hit to now, it's the same for me personally. I can't speak for anybody else, so I, and I don't want to offend anybody for speaking for anybody else. But for me, I'm I'm me, and I wouldn't say that anything has changed for me personally. For somebody else, I don't know. Um, if I'm just going off the locker room gossip in different in the workplace between women, I don't think that things have changed in that way either. You know, people still talking about. You know, oh, we were doing this and we were doing that. So I don't see where anything has changed, to my knowledge. All right. All right. Well, I mean, sex has dominated the news um, and will continue to dominate the news. Um, Buck just put me mm-hmm. on to a story that just hit on the Washington Post 
Um, a Kentucky lawmaker by the name of Dan Johnson, he was a Republican state representative, uh, has been found dead on, near a river, um, a spot called River Bottoms, somewhere, I think, in um, Kentucky, I believe. Um, it looks like an apparent suicide. Just Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, he was charged with molesting a church member, um, a 17-year-old girl, in which he's denied. He's 57, He was 57 years old, um, and apparently he denied it and took his own life from what it looks like um, this evening. So, man, this stuff, a lot of politicians, a lot of celebrities, um, and things of that nature are getting caught up in a lot of these sex scandals. And I mean, like Eminem said, there was a certain culture way back in the day. And a lot of these guys who 50, 60, 70 years old grew up in it and they have not evolved with, uh, with the times and things that you could probably get away with back in the day. You can't get away with now. And we're seeing the, the results of it. Like, but like um, Dr. Willis was saying, I don't think everything is sexual harassment. I mean, but that's going to happen. Just like, you know, mm-hmm. a person that said they got robbed by a black person really didn't get robbed by a black person. You know, you're going to have those people who lie and make it harder on everyone else. And we can never really determine who's telling the truth or who's telling a lie all the time. And so at some point, maybe the law would catch up with all of this. Right now, it's to the point where it is very difficult because um, once your name is out there, there's really not too much you can do. People are going to look at you in that fashion, and people are getting suspended before you know there's even any type of trial or, or a lot of times, sometimes before even all the evidence is sorted through. So even if you're innocent, you're still out of work, you know, temporarily, if not permanently. So it's, it's it's something that we need to kind of get out in front of and um, try to separate um, the ones that may be true and the ones that aren't true. Maybe do our research, do our homework before these allegations go public. But I mean, news stories are so quick to want to be the first to go on the air with something that it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's just people are talking about it. But anyway, um, so we'll go ahead and get ready to, to wrap things up. I just want to state that, uh, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, yeah, this is show number 750. I told you all 50 episodes ago that I would make an announcement of where, what was going to happen with the show. And this is not the last show, but uh, this is an announcement that the show is wrapping up. And February the 20th will be the last live show. February the 20th will also be the seventh anniversary of the show. So I figured that would be the perfect time to kind of wrap things up, um, ultimately probably to dissolve my relationship with Blog Talk Radio. And then, you know, maybe somewhere down the line there'll be podcasts. You know, I'll reach out to anyone who wants to participate, see if you want to talk about a particular topic, and we'll record it and release it that way. It won't be like a live show where you can call in. It'll just be a recording with those people who have agreed to come on to the show. So there'll still be opportunities in the future, just it won't be a weekly thing. But for those of you who have been there and supported me, either through just one tweet or from calling into over 700 shows like Eminem, Ray, and Buck, and 
and Crystal have. I believe they've called over 700 shows or close to it. Um, it is definitely appreciated. So, you know, a round of applause to all of them. So we'll go ahead and get to final thoughts and get ready to wrap this show up. Um, I will be back on Tuesday. I have a guest coming on by the name of Marcella Lyles, and she is a young lady in Dallas, African-American lady, um, I'll just say black lady, who um, runs an organization or has her own little deal called a cuddle party, where basically you pay a stranger to cuddle with you. And this is something I didn't think black people did, (laughs) but evidently it's something that's done out there in Dallas, and she is an owner of one of the franchises. So she'll come on and talk about that and why she says it's something that more people need to do. So T2Q will be back next Tuesday. Zone coverage will continue. Um, you know, we still got plenty of football left, so zone coverage will still be around on Wednesdays. But if you want to keep up with everything, go to talktoq.com. I can't stress this enough. And please sign up for the email newsletter. Okay, sign up for the email newsletter. That way you'll know when the podcast is and how you can get involved. Okay? So please do that. So, all right. Final thoughts, and I will start with Milani. Milani, you were the last one in. I'll let you be the first one to give your final thoughts. Um, I just wanted to say I'm going to miss you when you do um, decide to retire the live shows. Um, I've always had fun coming on and joining you and your guests, Willis and Eminem and Ray um, and Crystal as well. Um, I'm just going to miss you guys, but um, I definitely will – um, come on to the show and we can pre-record and hopefully some way, somehow, we'll all connect somehow, maybe on Twitter. Uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate that, Milani. And believe me, if I ever get to New York, we're going to share a slice together somewhere, all right? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much. And, Ray, I'll go to you next, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 been a it's been a good run, man. You started something, and you're gonna go out the way you want to go out, and that's good. And um, you know, like I say, and I had a lot of fun over the years just talking with you guys and special guests and people calling in and all of that. And you know, it's just been time has passed by quick. And, um, you know, like I say, I don't get on as often as I used to get on, but, you know, times change, schedules change, so you know how that goes. But, you know, it's always been been a blast. It's been a lot of laughs, even after, you know, hard days and all types of stuff like that. You can always come on and, you know, everybody share their opinion, whether we agree or disagree. It's always, you know, time for us to, you know, get away from other things and reflect on different things. So that's always been great. But as far as the show tonight, you know, this harassment thing is is getting real serious. And a lot of things Bobby was saying, a lot of people listen to it and they glance over it into them. 
And, yeah, it's going to get to a point where you can't see anything. If you see anything, whether you said it or not, it's their word, and that's all anybody's going to hear. So, you know, a lot of people don't, it's not completely correct to call people liars, but it's a lot of them that's not telling the truth. You know, you have some guys that did wrong, they admit to doing wrong, and that's one thing. But if you had somebody and you was changing phone messages, no matter what the guy said, if you returning text messages, then you are part of the situation. You can't come back later and say, hey, you know, he sent me these pictures and he did this, he did that. Because nowadays, the victims are the people who hold all the power. All you got to do is say this and that and say, listen, this is what he sent me. I'm married, and I told him this not accepted. You go it right then. They say, damn, this just sent me this on the 13th. Here it is. I'm talking to y'all the first day in the morning. That's all you got to do. All this stuff that, you know, you're talking about it in 2028 and all this kind of stuff in 2057, you know, for what? But, you know, it's um, it's, it's a hard thing. So everybody got to be particular and just watch out because, you know, I never seen nothing like this. You know, famous guys, rich guys, everybody getting out in jobs all behind what somebody said or what they believe they said. To me, if you didn't do something such as rape, you know, you saying this or taking pictures or doing this and that, hey, it is, it is what it is. You always have the option to leave. And you got rich people saying that I didn't have no choice. You full of shit. You do. You know what I mean? So somebody was sending my wife something or whatever, hey, you, you tell me and we can get it straight from there. You don't let it carry on for years and years and years. And you say, well, I didn't have no choice. Oh, yeah, you got a choice. Now, you only got five kids and you're the only one working. Maybe your situation is different. But there's very few victims like that. But, you know, um, I just wanted to say it was a good show. Good to hear everybody's opinion. Good to have some laughs. And, you know, always appreciate coming on. Y'all have a good night. And hopefully we catch the show back and forth after the next couple of weeks. All right. I appreciate that, Ray. Good stuff. And, Buck, I'll get you on next, man. Man, it's been a good run, man. Um, I've enjoyed the show a lot. Um, I came on the show um, doing, you know, for a couple of episodes at first and then, you know, was able. We start. We kicked off zone coverage, and we start hitting hitting the ground running. And the, the show started evolving. Um, you know, it was like immediate chemistry between the four of us. Um, you know, when we started doing sports between Q, Ray, Eminem, and myself. So, and then you know, we carried over. We carried over that that evolution over to the to the regular shows, and it just it just went from there. And um, you know, it's really pretty awesome. To you know, it came up during a time where I had just gone through my divorce, and um, you know, it, it kind of got my mind off of those things, and kind of, you know, listening to 
everybody that comes on and, you know, listening to their opinion, you know, it kind of helps you with your own day-to-day uh, lives. And that's where this show is different from other ones. Um, it's like we're, you know, it's like we're sitting in, in, front, in front of each other and we're all talking and we're all throwing our, you know, we're throwing our views out there. And even if you agree or disagree, it was fun to listen to those um, because a lot of times you could just sit back and laugh at that, you know, and but at the same time you learn something from it. And a lot of shows that you that you hear, you just can't. I mean, you see the stuff you see on you see on TV, you hear stuff on on, on talk radio shows and things of that nature, internet, what have you, and they just don't measure up to the way this show was done. I mean, this show here, in a, in a lot of ways, should be the blueprint of of shows to come. Because, I mean, to have this relaxed atmosphere, and even if it does get heated, it's relaxed at the end. It's kind of a throwback to how things used to be in, in, in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, you learn something from it. And there's just a not a, it's not a lot of shows, if any, that are out there doing it the way the way we've done it. And the way the show it shows has evolved has just been incredible. The incredible guests that we've had. Um, just really, really, you know, it's really, really different. And when people pull up the podcast and listen to these, you know, because they'll be out there forever, I mean, they really get, I mean, I really think they'll get an abundance of information um, from, a, you know, even with, with the fun fanfare from time to time. So enjoy being a part of it. Um, can't wait to, you know, do these next ones and be a part of those and, you know, it's just going to be it's going to be a little different on Tuesday and Wednesday, but we can always kick back and listen to them and and, and learn some things from them, and uh, you know, make some good friends along the way too. So that's that's always cool. So you know, hopefully we can all get together and do some things. You know, like we met, we mentioned about doing some things like going to you know the boxing hall of fame and some of those things too. So hopefully we'll be able to all get together and stay in touch with each other and and be able to, you know, do some of those things when, you know, we happen to be passing through those areas or we all meet up in one area. So it's been a great run and, you know, definitely enjoy doing them. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And um, you mentioned some of the people that have been on the show. Um, There's been quite a few people who have uh, been on the show. I think overall, I don't know what the exact number is, one time I was keeping up with it. Um, but I know it's been, I've interviewed probably over 250 people um, on this show. And it's funny because, you know, every now and then I'll come across someone that I made an interview years ago and I see that they have something going on, you know, or some new venture or something. And it's kind of cool to see them grow um, and to see people come together. I remember, um, at one point, I think um, Melania and True Speech had um, a podcast or something going on. And, you know, seeing people come together, you know, has always been a good thing. And um, I just recently saw all the guy that played his manager, um, that played the role of Atron, Keith Robinson, has been a guest on this show. Um, so it's kind of cool to see people doing their thing, you know, and know that they've been a part of T2Q. But, uh, Dr. Willis, I'll go to you next, sir. All right, yeah. um, I just want to say that 
man, I appreciate you, um, you know, bringing me into the family fold and, and allow me to, you know, stay what I have to say on the show, giving me a platform to, you know, speak my mind. Uh, you know, that's, you know, it's been helpful and therapeutic at the same time. Uh, met some great people on, you know, um, had a chance to meet, you know, you, Eminem, uh, in person. Uh, so that's, you know, that was a wonderful um, experience there. And I uh, hope to meet some of the other guys, you know, saying Ray and maybe, uh, you know, um, you know, the rest of them that, that joins us and stuff, Crystal and all them. But it's been a, a fascinating run since I've, I've been on. And, uh, you know, I kind of wish I had known about it from the beginning because uh, it's, it's been it's been one hell of a ride, man. And I tell you what, congratulations to you. You know, 750 shows ain't nothing to sneeze at. So that, that's what's up, man. You know, I hope that the next chapter of your life, you know what I'm saying, bring you just as much success and as much fun, you know, and, you know, you do it your way because, you know, that worked. <laughs> as far as the uh, show tonight, I just want to leave uh, one last thing. Uh, you know, uh, I I don't consider myself a hardcore feminist anymore like I used to, but I am still a feminist in a way. And I think that they get a bad rap. Amongst the feminists is a subsection of, of feminists that are also misandrists. And if anybody don't know what misandry is, it's just, you know, women that hate men. All right? They're there. They're out there. This, this is not, you know, can't make this up. But what they're trying to do is kill uh, patriarchy. Now, I'm not saying that's that's a total bad thing, you know what I mean? But the way they're going about doing it is an attack on men right now. And they're using real-life things that you can't, that, that you know, saying that you will feel kind of weird talking about to do to accomplish their objective. Because, like I said, as a man, it's hard to talk about rape and, and things like that. Even though we get raped, too, you know, it's hard to talk about it because, we, uh, you know, media portrays us primarily as the perpetrators. So when you talk about it, you're 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 sympathizing with those uh, with those those perpetrators. But I'm not going to be afraid to speak on this subject because, like I said, I'm all for women empowerment. But what I'm not for is you know an attack on all men because you don't like men because of the four or five dudes you done had in your life. That that's not going to happen. So what 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 they're doing is, like I said, they they want a blank check to to break down and to attack men but they're using the cloak of actual victims to do so. And people are not seeing that. They're, they're, all they're looking at is the things that tug at your heartstring, which, you know, saying like I said, it's not a bad thing, but, you know, you got to look at the overall picture. And, they, and, and, and to me, I think it's so plain. I can't, I can't understand how people don't see it. You know what I mean? So if anybody, especially, you know, women who are not misandrous, but who also, you know, are are deeply sympathetic to um, um, alleged victims and things like that. They should be getting mad at the people amongst them that are perpetrating this this attack on men and using their uh, real life situations to do that. Instead of getting mad at all men, you know, saying for something that a handful will do. So um, that you know, that's one thing I just want to get out there because uh, I don't think people are really paying attention to that. And it's dangerous right now. It's really, really dangerous right now. And they are the ones that are that are propelling this. It's not the feminists out there. They, like I said, they catch the bad rap because you know these misogynists are wa- uh, waving the feminist uh, the feminist banner. So I just want everybody to understand that what I'm saying here is don't attack feminism. Don't attack feminists. You know, what I'm saying you have to look within their ranks and those agents that are hiding amongst them that hate men. Those are the ones 
that we need to weed out. And those are the ones that feminists need to weed out because, like I said, they're hurting their cause. And uh, that's all I got on that, man. Hey, great show. Sweet. Um, I just <laughs> uh, <laughs> great show, man. <laughs> All right, I appreciate that, Doctor Willis. And, uh, that's why we refer to him as the Doctor. He be bra- he breaks it down for us. And um, Amanda, great show tonight. And you know, it's it's sad to see the show come. Toward an end. I know tonight's not the last one, but um, it's just it's a lot of uh, just to kind of touch on what what Dr. Willis said as well as Buck, um, just the friendships that have formed, you know, because you and IQ we knew each other uh, when we worked together, but it seemed like that was a brief time period. Then I'd see you at Eminem's art shows, and then it was more so this show that brought us close together, and then that you know meeting Buck and well we haven't met face to face, but as far as interacting and Crystal and, of course, I already knew Eminem and married to Ray. So it's it's just been it's been amazing to just get a chance to talk to so many people and people that you really consider to be friends. You know, like I know with my health issues that I experienced, you guys checked on me pretty often. You know, just, hey, just checking on you, thinking about you, wondering how you're doing. All that goes a long way. So it's not just a, a form of entertainment. It's been a, a good bond and friendship with everybody so I hope that um, you know we can all continue to stay in touch and uh, you know hopefully do a, a T2Q reunion at some point and just you know get back together and see what everybody's doing and just have fun because I think it's something everybody looks forward to even if we can't get to a show every week like we used to it's still something that you know hey you know this is going to be a good topic we got to call in let me get this done so I'm ready to call in at this time. So, you know, I really appreciate everything that you've done and and been able to bring everybody together with these entertaining topics. So, you know, it's all love for everybody and just uh, just really appreciate everything that you've done and wishing everybody uh, well in the future and hope to catch you guys again on another show. All right. Thank you very much, ma'am. I appreciate that. All right, and Eminem, shut it down, bro. <laughs> wow, music to my ears, man. Um, well, not not <laughs> shutting it down, but uh, but you know what I'm saying having the Queen from Queens calling in, you know, what up, Milani? But um, man, um, shit, man, I can't believe it's been you know almost seven years, man. Cause uh, like I say, this show has uh, you know, really evolved. And you know, and it's and it's 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 um, you know, it's so many different forms it's taken on. Now, I ain't gonna lie, man. It took a while for it to grow on me as far as having, you know, more people on and all that stuff. Cause I ain't gonna lie, you know, I used to get a kick out of just, you know, hearing myself, you know, uh, go for, you know, stints without the buzzer and all that stuff. I had to get used to that buzzer, but the buzzer was, you know. And, and you know, you know, now that I'm reflecting on it, the buzzer was a good thing because that meant growth for the show. More people was calling in. And, uh, <laughs> <there you go. laughs> but, uh, I'll just be uh, nostalgic. <laughs> but uh, but you know, but I, I I seen it. You know, I seen it go from you know different ranges and and um, you know. But then when 
I really knew this was something special is when um, I think the the first couple shows I actually missed, you know, but uh, Q had his cousin on, and then it was uh, uh, another chick pretty local that was here. Uh, and then, I, yeah, Laura, and then I came on, and, you know, but when it expanded out, and uh, I think this this guy from uh, Georgia didn't whoop his kids or something. Uh, that was one topic he called in, and and then um, yeah, uh, I can't remember his name, but yeah, that was a, right. a heated show. Right. Oh yeah. And then you know, uh, uh, one time we was at a uh, reunion and stuff, and uh, you know, I got my hit my cuz to it, and you know, then you know. Uh, he and Amanda became, you know, uh, not only just guests, but, you know, the actual <laughs> legends of the show. Uh, Amy in Arkansas came on, the bad man, you know, just um, so many different people. Of course, Milani, uh, uh, True Speech. Then we had people like uh, one of my favorites, uh, Mr. Solutions, because this guy actually called me ignorant, and I, I always thought that was so funny. Um <laughs> Pianchi, you know, I don't want to get, you know, uh, start calling too many names because then you leave out somebody majors like shit, you know. Then, you know, of course, we got the doctor and the people that's on tonight and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, the show is in so many ways, you know, been so helpful to so many people. Um, you know, you had like a uh, couple young chicks used to call in and get advice. And, I mean, that really was ego feeling, uh, honestly. Um then, you know, you had uh, different people promoting different things, uh, from fitness training to to yoga to, you know, shadow humping or whatever the hell, you know, uh, you know, uh, video vixens. And then they didn't want to be called video vixen no more, some other name they wanted. And, you know, um, then Q has helped so many other entrepreneurs, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was an avenue I never thought. You know, I know the Internet is worldwide, but you still got to click on that shit to look at it. But, you know, through his show and through his, you know, his own self-promotion, you know, of of showing love, you know what I'm saying, you know, now to the, you know, the millions in the world, this, you know, listen, how did Michael Buffett part go? To the thousands and tens of millions of listeners, whatever. You know, people know that I'm an artist and shit, and, you know, you know, I noticed the hits on my site pick up and, you know, um, you know, I, I got the newsletter started, and, and thanks to the show, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know, you got over damn near 1.6 million views on his blogs and shit, you know, and, and then, you know, um, when Milani brought up Cherry Letters, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, some of her excerpts appeared in there, a lot of Crystal shit appeared in there, and just different people have been on the show, you know what I'm saying, uh, the chick in uh, Philly and San Francisco, uh, damn. Uh, uh, she from Philly but live in San Francisco or something like that. Uh, damn, what's her name? Uh, shit. You talking about Latrice or? Nah, she got some kind of magazine or something. The tri- the shit. That had the um, the Indie Kids magazine. It seemed like it was something else. It might have been that one. I didn't think it was in the ticks. It was that. Oh, no, no. You're talking about the Cerita. You're talking about the Cerita. Yeah. Yeah. Alexandra. Alexandra. Right. 
Right. So all that shit, man. So, you know, so all that. And um, like I said, he just gave all of us a platform. You know, this show is different categories for different people. Now, to me, it was always, uh, you know, a, a man cave and, a, you know, a way to self-fulfill uh, ego and shit like that. You know, you know, I always said I wanted to be worldwide, but I never knew how it would happen. So I guess I spoke it in existence by, you know, <laughs> knowing Q and, and getting to be a guest on the show. And I was like, I'm like all I got to do is call in. And I can say what the fuck I want to, man. That's like giving a crack to a dope fiend. He's like, shit, I'm hooked. You know. So, <laughs> you know. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, so, man, uh, you know, appreciate all the shit you done did for us, man. And, uh, you know, all the sports topics and stuff that people done listened to and stole and, you know, used some of our opinions and just spoofed it up and took out some of the profanity and stuff like that and called it theirs the next day. Yeah, I know y'all listen to this show. I'm busting y'all. You know, you need to pay this man. You know, but uh, so that's that's been all good, man. And uh, you know, uh, bullying and stuff, man. You know, hey, people need to get back to growing some damn nuts. You know, what I'm saying shit. You know, getting picked on is a part of life. You know, most bullies. You know, it's just an adrenaline rush. You know, just fucking with people, just see what they're going to do. I mean, most bullies don't even like to fight. That's why a lot of times the bully get the worst in when somebody does fight because they're not prepared to fight. they just kicking, they just laughing, like, you know, knocking somebody's books down or touching somebody's ears just to, you know, fuck with them. But, uh, you know, people just need to get back to having nuts again, you know what I'm saying? But, but anytime you have a whole generation of men who don't care, you you know what they sons end up being, as far as uh you know prowess and male dominance and you know the the normal stuff that traditional heterosexual men used as a rite of passage. Well, you know I guess that's just a sign of the times. Um, you know, uh, Trump fucking it up for more. I mean that's that just the nature of it. You know, it just is is bad that something bad have to incite people to do what they should be doing anyway, which is voicing their rights. But, you know, I guess, you know, that's just the nature of the beast and the way the game go. Um, now, sexual harassment. Boy, this is one of the most laughable topics we've had on here in a long time. I mean, you, now listen, I don't know what the dictionaries say about sexual harassment, but I can tell you, sexual misconduct it's three different categories before you get to no. It's two different categories before you get to a sexual harassment. First, you got to say sexually inappropriate. Now, inappropriate is you ain't meaning no harm. You just saying some shit that you just shouldn't have said. You know, some people blame it on drinks. Some people blame it on the rain or whatever. But you just shouldn't have said it, and it didn't go over well. But that's what it was. It was inappropriate misconduct. Okay, sexual misconduct may be saying something slick through company, email, uh, messenger, or something like that to a fellow comrade or something like that. Once again, you're not really meaning no harm. It's definitely inappropriate. And based on the code of conduct, you are using misconduct to do this because this is not company policy. So it is definitely misconduct. Harassment is caveman shit. Bitch, if you don't fuck, you're not getting a promotion. You know, if you don't do this, 
You're not getting that. That's what sexual harassment is. You should be fired if you're doing sexual harassment, right? But now, do I have a problem with sexual harassment? No, that's just part of the game. That's just the way it has always been. You know, if you say something and you push it, you don't get lucky, your ass get fired. You lick your wounds, you learn from your mistakes. Simple as that. But confining these people for all this condemnation and this fire and brimstone, you know, labeling they're getting for sexual inappropriateness and misconduct is a hell of a lot different than sexual harassment. Since sexual harassment, the motherfucker got some real intentions. I mean, he's going to, you know, just push it to the limit, you know. Uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, I know y'all probably don't remember, but uh, and I, I can't remember the actual title of it, but I remember one episode of The Incredible Hulk. I think they was in uh, this episode. They was in New York, and they was like in this like upscale shopping mall or something. And uh, anyway, one scene, the, the 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 secretary, the guy was kept hitting on and stuff like that. And at the end, you know, the dude ended up getting depromoted, and she got promoted or whatever. But I'm just saying that's how it used to be. That's how the game went. You know, he came with his advances. She shrugged him off, and she wouldn't do what it take to move up. You know, just you know, people could just handle the shit. You know, but now I'm not gonna say all this shit about sexual harassment and all this stuff without giving a solution to it. So I hope the person that called me ignorant all them years back is listening, because one way and the only way to totally solve the issue of sexual harassment, sexual inappropriateness sexual misconduct, and any other social ill that involves the opposite gender is to pass Bill number 1313. Write your congressman, write your senator, write your in president, and let them know this shit must pass. We got to get it done. The world will be a better place. Everybody be seeming kumbaya. Matter of fact, if a dude come to work all wound up, you know, he'll have his rocks off before the lunch break. You know, everybody can be happy. That's what I'm saying. What do we get for $10? Everything you want. All right. <laughs> I appreciate that, Eminem. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate the show, man. Yep, and... Uh... The many Eminemisms you've provided over the yeah. years. Yeah, I lost track uh, of that shit. You know, that's what something you need to do. You need to find some of those isms because we've all had some isms from time to time to make one shirt with Buckism, Eminemism, or anybody else'ism and put them all on there because I'm quite sure we've all had a saying or two or three at some point and, you know, kind of throw that in there on, for that. The anniversary show that would be hilarious. I mean, yeah, there've been a lot of things that have been said over the years from Buck saying he brings thunder and lightning every time to Ray saying keep them hoes out your pocket and just all <laughs> kinds of stuff, you know. <laughs> uh, it's like every blue moon back and I'll to a brand new show, um, and it's like I'm hearing it for the first time. You know, and some of the stuff is, is very insightful. And it's funny how some of the stuff said four or five years ago still applies today. 
you know, and some of it may even be prophetic in a way. Some some of the things we talked about back in the day has come to fruition, you know, and it's kind of cool to see that. And um, it's been a lot of fun for me getting to know getting to know all the people. Um, like I said, I've done over like 250 interviews. There have been over 250,000 listens. Uh, there's over 1,000 hours of T2Q content. Um, and it's like this show has been listened to not only just in the United States, but um, I have a pretty nice following in Canada and ter- the Toronto area, uh, New Zealand, Australia, um, England, the Philippines. I mean, the show is literally worldwide. And um, it's pretty cool. And I, I want to thank all of you for that because you all make the show. All I do is come on and kind of facilitate, throw some topics out, and you all make things happen. Um, so it's the the callers and the show legends, the tweet chatters and all of that that make the show what it is. So I'm thankful for that. So for now, you know, I'll make my rounds kind of like Kobe Bryant in his last year and um, kind of make a slow walk to wrap things up. Um, and in the meantime, you know, we'll continue to, to do this, maybe not weekly, but, you know, periodically. Um, again, like I said, zone coverage is going to continue weekly. Uh, and, you know, we'll wrap things up February the 20th. And, you know, that'll be the end of the, of the, of the live shows at that point. And, you know, I'll try to see if I'll do things via Skype or some other type of way as far as podcast in the future. But, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. So, and this, like I said, this is not the last, so I'm not going to give just some huge speech or whatever and thank everybody in the world. But, you know, I do want to thank everyone who has contributed to the show in some shape, form or fashion. And I encourage all of you out there, if you know someone that has their own venture, support them, okay? You know, Lord knows I go on Instagram and so many of my my Instagram followers got pictures of, you know, Beyonce or Rihanna as if, you know, they're relatives or something. But then some of them have sisters and brothers that have their own business and you would never even know it, you know? So support your people, all right? Be sure to do that. And... Like I said, go to TalkToQ.com, sign up for the email newsletter so you can keep up with when the show is going to air and what we're going to discuss, because at some point, that's going to be the only way you know. So go ahead and do that so you can keep up with what's going on. TalkToQ.com, sign up for the email newsletter. I posted the link in the T2Q group for those who want to find it there. And everyone, have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your week. Get all your holiday shopping done if you um, are a Christmas shopper. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday where we'll have Marcella Lyles on to discuss cuddling. And everyone, peace out. And where in the world was Crystal tonight? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?
awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. Hey, Q. Hey, everybody. Hey, Q. How are you? What up, what up? Does that make sense? I like that. I'm going to say that again one day. There's an exception to every single rule, and this is that exception.